listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And that's the control that you get having the direct contract versus having the PSAO just automatically sign every contract that's put in front of them, no matter how terrible it is. That a lot of the insurance contracts really are a race to the bottom, and we don't need to be part of every single one of those. Welcome to the Becoming a Pharmacy Badass podcast, where we talk about how to diversify your revenue streams, increase your net income, and optimize your operations to create the pharmacy of your dreams. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hello, all you wonderful pharmacy people out there. I have a great pharmacy owner guest today, and we are going to be talking about going and doing direct contracts with your PBMs. This is a topic that I have become very passionate about as being a cornerstone way of improving the profitability in your pharmacy and really taking back control of your revenue. Um, As so much of our revenue flows through PBMs, if you're not really watching that and optimizing it, then you're leaving a lot of money on the table. So Whitney Brace has gone through and done the direct contracting. So who better to talk to uh, than a fellow pharmacy owner? And we're just going to talk about our, our journey of doing that. I've I've kind of started it myself. So Whitney, uh, for those that may not know you, uh, please give us a little rundown of where you are. Tell us a little bit about your pharmacy. So I, my name is Whitney Brace. I'm the owner and main pharmacist at Liberty Hill Pharmacy and Compounding Center. We're located in Liberty Hill, Texas, so Central Texas. We are a hybrid store, so we do all of your traditional medications as well as compounding. Um, We are also starting to try to specialize a little bit more in supplements and functional medicine type of practice. Um, As Lisa said, try to diversify and get away from having as much of our revenue controlled by the PBMs as possible so that we control reimbursement on as many things that we can. Exactly. And you've been tackling this problem. So tell us a little bit about what led you to taking that leap? Because I know a lot of pharmacy owners, they they are interested in direct contracting. And we're going to talk about some of those benefits. But what was kind of happening in your pharmacy that made you really take a hard look at it and then decide to do all the work that goes into direct contracting? So it's just, this is something that I've been thinking about and kind of toying with the idea for a while, um, seeing some of the different owners on some of the other groups about, hey, yeah, you really should go direct. It's not that much work. Um, but what finally, I guess you could say the straw that broke the camel's back on it was I have a set of twins that are patients. And last year um, on April 30th, we filled one medication for one of them. On May 1st, we filled the exact same medication for the other twin and the reimbursement was half what it was the day before. And okay, call PBM asking about it, call our PSAO at the time, ask about it. And after about four or five people at the PSAO, they finally tell me that a new contract started May 1st, which introduced the ER and GER into it. And so based on the GER calculations, the reimbursement should have been half of what it was the day before. Um, At the time they assured me, oh yeah, there will be a true up at the end of the year. Um, you could expect to get a couple hundred dollars back just on this one prescription. That'll make it where you're not losing hundreds of dollars, but you should probably break even. And that just didn't really sit well, um, particularly because there was absolutely no notice about this. We had no opportunity to review these contracts. And they actually fought with me quite a bit to even let me see the contract to see what this was. Um, I had to go through and sign non-disclosures and all of the stuff of why am I signing all of these NDAs and having a fight with you to get 
a contract that you signed on my behalf that you didn't tell me about or even announce to anybody that this was changing. Um, so that's finally what actually prompted me to get started on this. So at that point, I kind of made the decision of, okay, let's figure out how to do this. And it's, it's unfortunately, it's not a quick process. Um, so started trying to find out which contracts are being held by the PSAO versus which ones were already um, independently contracted with. And really, it's not a difficult process. It is mountains of paperwork and mountains of paperwork requesting the same thing over and over and over again. But none of it's hard. I had the, I've had the same experience, I swear. I think Caremark was the worst where you have multiple screens and multiple steps that it's all the exact same information. And I don't understand like why they need us to fill it out so many different times, other than the fact that they just want to make it very difficult for us. Like I, I swear there's somebody locked in a room that's like, how can we make this really super hard for pharmacy owners? Yeah. And I'm not entirely sure if the computerized ones or the handwritten ones are the worst in terms of hand cramps. Yeah, I, I agree there. So, you know, you mentioned BER and GER. So if you're listening to this and you're not really sure what those acronyms mean, they stand for brand effective rate and generic effective rate. And those essentially put a cap, a maximum amount uh, from a percentage standpoint that you can make a profit from any plan. And really that is the sole reason, at least from my perspective, on one of the biggest reasons why you should get out of the PSAO contract and into an independently contract. The majority of contracts, when you contract independently, you will eliminate the BER and the GER. Um, there's also other other benefits, like you said, you had to fight to see your contract. I mean, that is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, you got no notice. You had no say on whether you would accept it or not. So you'd certainly take back control of your pharmacy uh, going through that process and completely agree with you. It's not hard. It is tedious. It, it doesn't even have to be work that the pharmacy owner does really a kind of an admin support or, or somebody that just is really good with details and paperwork um, is probably perfect to help you out with filling out all of these contract information. And if you want a list of kind of insurances, I kind of created a list when I was going through this of keeping track of, you know, how to request a contract and things like that. So um, just let us know in the comments and we can send that list over to you. Um, but now that you Kind of gone through this process. Tell us a little bit of like how long it took, and then when were you officially free of your PSAO? So we were officially free. Our termination date was February fifteenth of twenty twenty one. I gave notice to our PSAO January first, um, which, in retrospect, I actually wish I would have given them a little less notice. Um, many of the PSAOs do various things when you give them a termination notice. Um, my particular one converted, again, without notice, um, our EFT payments to paper snail mail payments that they issued once a week. Um, I discovered this when they normally would deposit on Wednesdays, and suddenly there was no Wednesday deposit. Called them asking, okay, was this a bank error? Is this some bank holiday I forgot about? Something of that nature. They're like, oh, no, you gave us a termination notice. We stopped doing EFTs. We will mail you a check now. Um, and they told me they would actually still mail checks daily. In reality, the checks actually went out every seven to 10 days. Um, so it absolutely can create a cash flow crunch. Um, so be prepared for that. Um, other PSAOs, depending upon your agreements with them, may withhold money for DIR fees. Um, this particular PSAO did not. 
but for some patients or some pharmacies, that can be significant. So ask about that, um, but be very prepared for them to either hold on to a significant amount of money, and it could be for months, depending upon what, when you leave. If you leave in January or February, they may hold that money until January or February of the next year. So just be aware that there may be a cash flow crisis and we have plans for that. Um, so yeah, we gave notice early January. Our effective date was the 15th. Certain insurance companies would not start to credential us until we were within 30 days. Um, others, um, Optum in particular, wouldn't even talk to us until the PSO had updated our termination date on the NCPDP website. And so keep on the PSO to get that done. Um, thankfully, they were fairly quick about it. I think it took about a week. Um, but keep on them, check it daily, because a lot of the insurance companies will not start to talk to you until that termination date is online. Um, once that happens, they can take anywhere from a few days up to 30 days. Most of them are super quick. Um, again, they send you a mountain of paperwork to fill out. Once you get it back to them, I want to say most of ours had. I guess us in network planning to start on our effective date within a week or so. Um, some of them will send you paper contracts to sign. Others will do DocuSigns. Um, Optum in particular will send you multiple DocuSigns. The person that we were working with only sent me one, and we didn't realize that there should have been three or four of them. So we actually went live only in network for one out of four groups. And mm -hmm. um, that added about a two-week delay um, while we figured that out, got those sorted, signed, and then enacted on their part. So just make sure when you're talking to them, ask, is are these all of the networks? Um, are these all of the contracts? Um, that they had a different one for commercial, a different one for Part D, for, um, for workers' comp. All of the different things had their own little contracts to sign, and they unfortunately sent me one to start with. Um, and say generally it's pretty quick just be prepared for actually 30 to 45 days between um, but it all depends upon how quickly they get your termination date on ncpdp yeah and and find out you're very right about your psao and don't call the psao to ask how they will behave when you tell them you want to terminate that's not the right place At, go onto the message boards talk to other pharmacy owners um, the PSAO that we were with when I was starting this process um, happened to call the pharmacy for some reason. And, and my pharmacist was like, oh, we're we're leaving. We're we're doing, you know, like he like just spilled the whole beans. And um, I got I was got this call from a weird number and I kind of had just this inkling that I should answer it because normally I, I don't. And it happened to be the PSAO say, oh, we're, we're terminating you today. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, we talked to your pharmacist. And he says and like they were going to cut me off like that next day. And I was like, oh, no, no, he's, you know, misunderstood. We're changing wholesalers. And, you know, like I had to like basically fight for that. So we actually didn't tell our PSO until literally the day before. We went live September 1st, uh, 2021 with uh, our direct contracts. So we basically sent them the formal termination letter like on August 31st. Like it was, I gave them no notice because I found out accidentally how they were going to behave if they got that notice. And so it's really just ridiculous that, they could just cut you off like that. Like I, I, I worried about our business, but I worried most about the patients. Like, so if we had patients come the next day and all of a sudden we couldn't fill their medications and I don't know, just the patient disruption, you would think that 
I don't know, they might care more about patient disruption, but obviously they don't. So now that you've gone through all the mountain of paperwork, what has been the difference that you've seen now? Because it's it's been, what, 10 months or so since you've you've been live on your direct contracts. So what difference have, have you seen in your reimbursements? You know, everybody wants to know, oh, do you suddenly make lots more money? Uh, you know, what has that effect been? Um, so honestly, I would say I haven't really seen a huge difference in reimbursements. Um, so if somebody thinks they're going to do direct contracts because they're going to pay significantly more, unfortunately, that's not true. Um, the reimbursements are pretty similar. Um, like you, we talked about earlier, a big thing is that you actually know what you're going to make when the claim adjudicates, that there's no true up six to nine months later. You know, if you're making, say, $25 on this prescription right now, you're still making $25 on that prescription later. Um, that they're not going to come back and take half of that money back because of a GER, BER contract. So that's really the biggest thing is it's more stable. Um, there are still DIR fees on all the Part Ds. Um, unfortunately, those are part of the contracts as well. Um, I would say really just having the control over knowing what you're signing, knowing which contracts you're in. Um, for instance, we recently have declined a couple of really terrible contracts lately that when I looked at the numbers, it, thankfully it's not a huge amount of patients, but we looking at it, we're going to lose money on every single prescription we fill on that claim. So at that point, it's unfortunately not worth it. Most of the patients on that plan are taking relatively inexpensive generics that I'm talking to them, hoping to just retain them as cash patients. Um, so, but again, that's the control that you get having the direct contract versus having the PSAO just automatically sign every contract that's put in front of them, no matter how terrible it is. That a lot of the insurance contracts really are a race to the bottom and we don't need to be part of every single one of those. Yeah, it's really just being, like you said, more selective about your business. You know, do more of what works and do less of what doesn't work has always been kind of like my motto. And the difference that we've seen, it's only been a couple of months since we went direct with the majority of our contracts that um, we saw a little uptick um, just because the pharmacy that um, we did this with is a is a dermatology pharmacy, so they do a lot of dermatology drugs where um, you know for acne and stuff that we were getting really hit on generic effective rates, really really bad. And so we've noticed that little bit of difference. But I think just like you said, knowing the stability that the money you have in the bank, that the money you're paid in adjudication isn't going to be taking out you know next quarter or next year in in some true up. And so um, so what advice? You know, if, if a pharmacy owner is listening to this and they're like, ah, this sounds kind of interesting, you know, what 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 advice would you give them so that they may be able to go out and figure out that this is the right path for them? So really, it's easier than it seems to be. You just need to be super organized about it. Um, either you or a staff member who's really, really good with details. Um, I personally made an Excel spreadsheet and every single insurance um went on there along with status updates of, okay, I emailed them this date. Here's the email address. They responded on this date with credentialing paperwork. It was resubmitted to them here so that I could look at any particular time and find what the status was with this particular plan. Um, contacting them, most of them work through email. Almost none of them answer the phone at this point. Um, there will be a few that are difficult to get contact info for. Most of it is on their website. Um, I went through our pharmacy management software and ran a report of every bin number that we had used over the last year. 
and then started matching those up about this bin number goes with this PBM, this bin number goes with this one, um, just to find out and basically make sure I got all of them. Um, there were a few of the copay card people that were a little more difficult to find, um, which thankfully that I was able to reach out to some other pharmacy owners and get an email address or a phone number to contact them. Um, but really go through your software, find out which companies you're contracting with um, or which ones you're already working with, and you can match it up to which PBMs. And the list isn't really as long as it you would think it is. There are some insurance companies like Caremark that run 25, 30, 40 bins. Um, so once you contract with the main one, it encompasses all of those. Um, I would generally say it's a lot of work, but it's absolutely worth it. Awesome. That is really great advice. I found that my contact at NCPDP was extremely helpful. Um, her name was Laura, but I'm sure everybody there is extremely helpful. And the other help that I got was actually my reconciliation company, because they work with a lot of the PBMs and receive the files when I couldn't find contact information. Um, I called my reconciliation company and they helped me get some contact information that eventually, you know, led me to the right spot. So reach out to the other companies that you use. You know, this is a small world. So chances are that one of them can help you. So um, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us this morning, Whitney. Uh, this I'm sure has helped many pharmacy owners. And if you're considering going direct, feel free to reach out to myself. Feel free to ask questions on message boards and in groups. Uh, you know, we're all collectively here to help one another. And it's definitely doable and definitely worth it, just like Whitney said. So thank you so much, Whitney. You're welcome. Good to talk to you this morning. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you have a more profitable pharmacy for free. One, join my free group at lisasrxgroup.com. Two, get the latest strategies at diversifyrx.com forward slash blog. Three, watch helpful videos at lisasyt.com. Four, hit that subscribe button and please be sure to leave us a five-star review so we can help more pharmacy owners and bring those insights back to you. Becoming a pharmacy badass is proud to be a part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>